Hello and welcome to episode 14 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FBL as well as individually at Kylie FBL, Mars05 and myself at The Marble Curse. As is our tradition, we begin our podcast with a brief review of the previous game week with the best score in poem, song or shortened for- format. Uh, so that this week is... Mercy, baby! I've got 21 seconds to chat this wicked wildcard in time. First of all, I'm going to pick up the Vag. Looking damn fine. Glad they are mine. Don't give me no deadline. Tielemans, Martial and Manny got the job done. Give me some more time. Give me 29 seconds to chat this back, this back line. Other amigos wait in line. I've got 84 points. I need more time. 8 multiplied by 10 plus 4. Mars done. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Mary. Uh, that I'm not. I'm tweet, not. Sorry. I'm not sure does that fit in a tweet. So I don't know. I think we might have to it disqualify you. But uh, Kylie, um, I'm going to give you the the second um, second up on our game week review. You finished on net the same amount of points as me, but there was no hit involved. So um, go ahead, take it away and give me your best effort. Okay. Did again. Did it again. Bench Soy and Tamori. Captain Vardy, the hero, has me covered in glory. Jimenez and Marshall, Mane and Pope. Seventy-one points. Green arrows and a glimmer of hope. Oh, that was lovely. I like oh, that. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Mercy. Very but succinct. Even, and I would have had a lot of characters left. Yeah. Just saying. You would. Um, and my my one is going to be utterly pathetic in comparison to yours because it's not a poem format. It will fit in one tweet though, so uh, so there is that. Uh, they say even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. This week I came across a Marshall shaped twenty twenty pointer. Son and Cantwell left my team at a cost of minus four, but Marshall and Tillemans both returned. So um, Don is smiling on seventy five minus one minus four, so seventy one points net as well. So um, not a bad game week for the amigos. So um, let's give, quickly cover the standings. Are you still are you still going on? This does not fit in a tweet. That did fit. Still, <laughs> I think he stopped. <laughs> See, I love how Mars manages to fit it in a tweet because he drops off like important less letters and spaces and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know grammar. spaces. I don't do spaces. <laughs> no, no spaces. <laughs> Just commas. I yeah. actually checked, and that was only seventy-seven characters over my tweet limit. Come on. Oh, <laughs> over the tweet limit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's quickly cover off the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Um, we have a new top man, CP Warriors, Rui de Oliveira's team. Uh, Ayoya Chan Ting's team is in second place. And LA Riot's Evan Guest is up into third spot. Dejeto, Georgi Boshinov's team is down to fourth place. And James... LGBTQ is Oliver Busk's team in fi- up to fifth spot. So um, well done to all of those. Um, as is our format, Mars has the floor now to give us his Mars's rant of the week. I'm not sure what sort of mood he's in after a good game week and after a little bit of an international break. But uh, Marzi, take it away. Yeah, well, the year is 2055 and people still uh, debating if Vardy can, is going to beat his stats or not. For goodness sake, who cares? Pick the guy, don't pick the guy, who cares? I mean, I don't really care if he's a stats buster. If he's not a stat buster, is he going to deliver? Is he be- 
the guy is on form. He's on hot form. He's playing one of the most attacking teams in the in the country. They're doing well. They're scoring goals. It's really a no-brainer, and he's not even that expensive. But you hear, you see people busting out stats and tweets why Vardy's not good enough or he won't keep it up. Come on, Jesus. That's it. That's all I have to say. Nice one, Mersey. For real, so agree on that. It's crazy. It, honestly, right. like I think people. I think maybe let let's give them some credit. Maybe they got bored in the international break. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, we see it every single international break. People are oh. trying to trying to be clever, or else they start getting all narky and aggressive. Um, yeah. I just I just tend to duck out a little bit of FBL Twitter for for the international break because I learnt my lesson. Um, let's we we'll kick on with our listener questions, folks, because um, tonight's pod is a short yeah. one. Um, but uh, we're just easing ourselves back in after a little bit of a break. Um, but let's we got a good few questions in, and they're kind of varied. So um, I might come to you first, uh, Marcy, on this one from Mark Donny. Um, he was asking he's seriously considering double Liverpool, double Leicester, and Lundy at the back playing four three three or five two three most weeks. Thoughts on that? I know a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about that, you know, doubling up on the Liverpool defence um, with maybe some money that they're saving from selling Man City assets ahead of a tough run. But um, what's your thoughts on that, Merce? It's an interesting one. I looked at it and I can see I can see the thought behind it, you know. But the, my issue is a lot, we, we always say a lot of the points come from midfield. And if you want to play with two midfielders, there's, you are relying on your defenders to constantly deliver and you're relying on clean sheets because that's what you want from your from your defenders first first and foremost, right? And yes, Leicester are on a good run, but okay, they've kept a few clean sheets. I wouldn't say they are, uh, you know, un, uh, unpenetrable or whatever that word is. You know what I mean? You, you can't penetrate them. Impenetrable. <laughs> um, <laughs> unpenetrable. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and. Uh, um, I'm on double Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I'm on double Liverpool, right? And no, I, I was did... just thinking it's just an awkward word to use on a pod. Penetration should never come into the conversation. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I'm on double Liverpool, and I went, I went, I did that on the wild card, and uh, it. Um, I dropped Tomori, but kept soy, uh, soy and uh, Lundstrom, and it's giving me headaches because I'm always mentioning soy. So what I decided to do is I'm going to sell him. And I'm going to bring Schmeichel in to cover Leicester's clean sheet. And then because I know I'm always going to play the double Liverpool and, and Lundstrom, I'm not dropping him. I don't really, and and I'm going to play 3-4-3. The reason I'm doing that is back to what I just said, is because I think a lot of the points come from midfield. And there's a lot of midfielders at cheap prices on form. You've got the Martial, Pulisic, Mount. OK, he hasn't scored that many, but he'll be back, you know. He's playing in a team that's scoring, so you think he's back. If not, there's Pulisic or even William. You've got the Leicester boys, Madison, Tiedemans, even Barnes. So there's a lot. Some, I mean, you know, with Spurs now having Pochino's gone, normally you get the new manager bounce, right? So there's so many options in midfield that you can actually. And the fact that the three boys up front are the cheaper guys right now, you can, you know, you can have the cheap guys. For me, having only two or three midfielders, I think it's too light personally. But I can see. A short term, because of the good fixtures right now for Liverpool, Liverpool, Leicester and Sheffield United probably have the best run of games for clean sheets. So you could capitalise on that, but for me, it's a short term move. Um, Kylie, what's your thinking on... It's an interesting idea that um, Mars wants to avoid his benching 
benching uh, soy sauce um, dilemma uh-huh. by actually selling soy sauce. But um, what's your thinking on uh, Mark's question? Um, yeah, okay. I I can, in many ways, understand where the logic is coming from. I mean, if I look at my own team over the last month um, and then some, but primarily the last month, if I had played five or four at the back um, each week and, and benched a couple of my midfielders, I would have been ahead to the tune of an insane amount of points because I've consistently benched my sort of two close to top scoring defenders each week. Um, but that's just kind of at the moment that that's happening. I don't necessarily think that you're going to find all of these defenders consistently getting returns continuing on. Um, I would agree with Mars. I would not be comfortable with going that light in attack. And I also don't like the idea of a double up on Leicester defence. Um, I understand the double Liverpool defence. I think that's a really sound strategy um, with Robbo and Trent because of the attacking returns that you're you're looking to get there. Um, but I, I I do think that you're going to have a massive benching headache more so than than otherwise, and I just wouldn't want to be relying on them every week for points. It's just too much of a headache for me as is, and I like to have attacking players, and I think that there is a variety of, of decent attacking players out there, so I wouldn't I wouldn't look to do it myself. Just um just 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 to add on, on what we what we said, I say the reason I say it's a short term move because I think you know when the Christmas period comes and the games come thick and fast, naturally the, the performance of the players drop, concentration drops. Yeah. And I, I don't have the stats behind it, but I, I bet you if we look around at the Boxing Day games and the New Year's and the Christmas, there's not many clean sheets, which is why I keep saying, fine for a short-term move. The other thing that is, if you go in with uh, big, big, big at the back or, or five, five defenders, whether they're expensive or not, three and only two midfielders, who's your bench? Because... You need a playing bench over this period. I'm not so. I'm I'm going with like a Rico and a, and a Villa player that is going to play and and a defender that's going to come in and has fixtures for game week 18, for example, right? But I know they all play. I know they all start. If you're going to go with like two big midfielders and then your bench is going to be three cheap midfielders, are they going to return you if the, if one of your defenders doesn't play? We know Robo has issues. We know Salah has issues. Other players are going to pick up knocks or yellow cards. And, and just there's not a lot of... I think we worry too much about rotation over Christmas, but there is a, a couple of players that, that, especially the explosive ones or the, the, the ones that play for teams who are always, you know, on the press or, or with the, the speedy players who need to rest sometimes. You just have to be careful who is going to come off the bench if you really have that weak midfield. That, that's what will be on my mind. Yeah, no, valid points, Mersey. Uh, Jonathan Strack, Kylie, come to you first on this one. He's on a wild card at the moment, and he's wondering who are the two essential defenders, three midfielders, and two forwards to own. Um, obviously, everyone is a little bit different, and as Mars was saying there, you if you go for a different formation, you do have to kind of consider who your bench is going to be made up of. But he wants basically for you to come up with the spine of his team, I guess. Um, the two essential defenders, first of all, who would you be going for in defence, K? Um, well, I, I think for me, it's, it's easy. It's Lundstrom and at least one of Trent or Robbo. 
I mean, there's plenty of good defenders, but mm. if I'm putting first names on my list, for me, it's Trenton and Lundstrom, although Robbo has been outperforming Trent. So, I mean, you could go either there. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree 100% on that. And uh, three midfielders. Um, it's a little mm. bit of an interesting one at the moment, of course, yeah. with City coming into a bit of a, a dodgy uh, fixture run. Right. Well, there's probably only one name that I would call close to essential at the moment, and that's Mane, just given the fixtures um, and his form and question marks over Salah. So I would I would say he's probably the first name that needs to be on there. I think the next two are probably up for debate, and I wouldn't say essential, but <laughs> down to preference. I'd put Pulisic in. Um, I just think having had a look at the stats at his heat maps and everything and, um, you know, maybe we'll dive into it a little bit later, but he's far and away the best attacking option for Chelsea at the moment, far ahead of Tammy and Mount. Um, and he passes the eye test and everything so that he ticks all the boxes for me. Um, obviously they're playing City, but City are still defensively fragile with their makeshift defence at the moment. Um, but then otherwise they still have decent fixtures and it's an attacking side. So you I know would what I, be... You know what I like about him, Kylie? It's a very good point, what you said about Pulisic, the eye test. He loves yeah. to shoot on side. He's so selfish. He, he does. Is... The amount of shots... So I, I just... I'll drop this in here, but I, I had a look at it, right, because... I was trying to get a sense of of how he compares as a mount owner, for instance. Um, and he he's like double the amount of penalty area touches that Tammy has. He's got 3.8 attempts on target uh, on um, the last four matches, so averaging right per match, 2.8 on target. He's got a 73% accuracy shot accuracy and 33% conversion rate. That's really high, right? And he's still creating nearly sort of two chances per match. So you compare that to <coughs> Tammy. And it's like it's double. So statistically, he looks really good. That's great. But he does actually pass the eye test as well. And, you yeah. know, there's all people are always debating, oh, is it stats? Is it eye test? You know, this is someone who fits the bill for both. He's affordable. Um, I just can't see him getting dropped in this form. You know, that that may not last forever. But, you know, it's kind of what we were saying about Vardy a bit there. I think, like, I w it's not one to over-question. He just looks a really strong he's, option to me. So He's on form. He's probably the best uh, midfielder right now. The only I watcher think, I would yeah. say is he came off injured in the last game and it's yes, reported to so be a hip injury. Or something. Could, be, yeah. could be an international break injury, so he didn't want to whatever. Yeah. But just, just to watch out. And also, just before I forget, it's the same thing with Robo, by the way. We know there's been issues. Yeah. He said he didn't train. He pulled out of the Scotland game. I still think he will play. But again, you just need to, to watch out for him, Salah and, and Pulisic. But yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, There's always little little flags that you need to monitor. But um, yeah, so he'd be the second name for me. I think the third name is completely up for grabs. Um, you know, Martial is an option. He's one I have. Obviously, there's still your city mids, so KDB or Sterling. Sterling's a concern for me because this this uh, one yellow card that he needs to get and then he's on a ban. Um, you know, there's Madison who's in form as well. There's loads of different options there. So I don't – I would really hesitate to call anyone essential mm. in that position. Um, yeah, no, that's I think fair enough. 
I think uh, the two, I think you're right. The, if you were naming one as essential, it'd be kind of, uh, I don't know, you'd be, it'd, it'd be kind of pretending. It'd be a little bit because I don't think anyone, as you said, Madison would be um, one I'd love to have, but I'd also love to have Pulisic. Um, and uh, and there is a lot of a lot of players really. Marshall I have as well. Um, yeah. but um, yeah, but let's move on to the forwards. Um, they are one that we I think for me I've been kind of moving on and off of a lot of players up front. Um, this season, but um, if you were starting off now and you're in wildcard, which two would you build your team around? Oh well, the man who has uh, saved my bacon, Vardy. Um, I I don't see any reason. I mean, like going back to what Mars was saying there. Okay, this whole debate that's going on is kind of mind-boggling. Vardy is a stat buster. Who cares? Seventy-five percent shot accuracy and fifty percent conversion rate. Sure, that sounds unsustainable. Great, but he's got six goals and two assists and eight bonus in the last four. And put it this way, I don't care whether it's sustainable or not. Anyone who's suggesting that that is the case and that's a reason not to buy him is basically just supporting this narrative that they've got for why they don't want to bring him in. I think you're being too clever. If you don't want to bring him in for whatever reason, that is absolutely fine. But people moan when a player isn't in form. So when you have one who is, just buy him, accept that he's in form, ride the wave, and just see where it goes. It's much more satisfying than hoping exactly. he doesn't deliver. Like Exactly. I, I, I've always said we try to justify our thoughts, our moves. Yes. And you come up with, with an argument that fits, your, fits that narrative because you don't want to bring him in. So you say, and it's this, 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 and this. If the other one is, is Lundstrom. Some people still, oh, I'm not going to get him. He's not. Well, actually, if you watch the games and if you look at yeah. his price and you look oh. at some of the United's fixtures, it's a no-brainer. It's he looks like scoring and, and assisting every other minute, Lundstrom. But yeah, like with Vardy, I put it this way, yeah. right? I, so I I brought, I wildcarded over the last international break and Vardy was one of the first names on my team sheet. And I was an early beneficiary when many still didn't own him of that 20-point haul on the Friday night match against Southampton, and he has returned every week since. So 100%, he's the first uh, name I would be looking at as a forward because he's currently the best form player that, um, you know, outside of Pulisic, him and Pulisic are the two sort of most consistent at the moment. And then the second one for me, again, I wouldn't say – essential but would be my preference which might be controversial given all the Tammy owners out there but Jimenez I love Jimenez I'm really glad I finally brought him in I'd been debating him for weeks and weeks and then finally did it last week but they have good fixtures statistically he's outperforming uh, Tammy um, and he's really the main man for that Wolves side so I think he's the one that I'd be bringing in yeah, no, I agree 100% on that one. Um, Marzi, come here. Yeah, um, I'm, just, sorry, Don. Quick, go, quick no, go on, on ahead. On, go on ahead, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think, look, I agree with, with what Carly said. But there's, with, with the strikers, if you want to protect your rank and you don't want to, uh, you know, the, the sword and shield, Tammy is a must because of his ownership. And they have the fixtures. Well, you have three forwards, so I'm not saying don't own yeah, Tammy. I'm saying yeah, I'm yeah, picking two. I'm picking him yeah. in as. But I am yeah. not a Tammy owner, so it is coloured by that for sure. Yeah. Jimenez, obviously, actually at the moment is a differential. 
Um, but also for me, I think if you are wildcarding now and you want to be ahead of the curve, I'll definitely be looking at Arsenal players. I know that they are going through... a the, the, the club is in a bit of turmoil and that's the thing that will put me off and that's why I didn't bring them in. They do have three or four amazing games coming up and if they are going to come back and you know try and get back into the top four, they need to win three out of the four. And, and, and I know there's this big debate between Lacan and Aubameyang and is Aubameyang going to play on the left? Or is, uh, you know, you pick one of them, you take a gamble if you want something different. If not, then the Vaj is your, is your answer. You know, that's, that's where you need to go. It's still a differential, by the way. Only 3% on the badge. Yeah, I mean, I I think if you've got Pulisic, you don't need Tammy. Uh, Tammy is still a very good option, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But Pulisic is a way better option um, based on all of the boxes, as far as I'm concerned, than, Ami, uh, than Tammy is in a straight-up fight. The thing is, Tammy is a scary prospect not to own when he does deliver because of that ownership. It's like 50-something percent now. Um, so every time there's a Chelsea goal and he's sniffing around, it is a little bit worrying. But um, as you said, despite that ownership, the combination of the three of those who do seem to be the, the kind of key picks at the moment, it's so low. It's three-point-something percent. And people always get blind Crazy. thinking it's a template thing, but yep. it's really not. Mm. It's really. I not. was really surprised. I was really surprised. I think Vardy and Abraham together are about, are about third, third of the people on them. But when you add Jimenez, it really drops. So yeah. the, the, the combination, you know, we talked about the combination before. Um, yeah, as yeah. a differential, yeah. 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 Um, FBL Booster, uh, Mars gives this to you because I want your opinion really on the midfielders, I guess, in this. If you're going 3-5-2, who would be your midfield five for the next five fixtures? Oh, well, we kind of just discussed, so I, I agree with uh, with Kylie. Mane would be one of the first names in there just because of the form, the run, the way he plays, playing for Liverpool. And I think um, at the moment, we don't know what's happening with Salah. I'm reading so many different things that I have no idea. As a Liverpool fan, I want him to be playing, but as an FPL manager, I would not be picking him because I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the injuries <clears throat> is it hampering him? Is he going to be out? Is he going to play? Uh, how many games is he going to play? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, so so you've got Mane. Uh, definitely. Look, I'm I'm not going to give you names, but I'm going to say which teams I would target. So we well, we just talked about Pulisic. So for me, Chelsea. Absolutely, and he would be the man to pick right now. So you need to, to move away from Mount and, and go for Pulisic as long as he's not injured. Uh, then I'll, I'll de- I still believe that you need a City midfielder because I don't care how tough their games are. City are not going to lose more, many more games and, and they will bounce back. And I still think uh, as a non-Sterling owner, I'm, I have a plan to bring him in as soon as I need him or maybe even after he gets his ban with the yellow card and hopefully he doesn't do much damage. I, I have out to bring him in if I need to. At the moment, I have KDB. So I think you need, you need a City player. Um, then, then you've got the last two spots. So Leicester are in form. You can't ignore them. And there's so many options. Madison, Tielemans, uh, even Barnes, if you want to go something cheaper. But I would go either Madison or Tielemans. And then the, the fifth, um, if, you don't have, if you don't have Jimenez and you want cover, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Torore from, from Wolves. I'm just thinking about the budget. But if we're not thinking budget or if you're going to go cheaper, then you, you pick somebody somebody who's on form right now or have good fixtures. So I think Martial is, is an option, right? Because they have some good fixtures. 
and and he's in form at the moment. And that's the thing you need. It's it's about when you're gonna jump on and off. You watch Spurs. Are they playing well? Do they have a new manager? Is Jose gonna come in and make them winners again? So you jump on them. So you've got kind of like we said two or three that are must, uh, not must, but you know what I mean. And then with the others, you need to jump on and off. That, that's that's the five for me anyway right now. Yeah, it's actually. I was just gonna say, I I wrote down. The exact same thing. I wrote Mane, KDB, Marshall, Madison or Tielemans, and Pulisic. They would be, if, if funds were not an issue, those would great, be the mix. Yep. Great, great minds are fools, but yeah, no. Fools, no, yeah. <laughs> Something um, like that. Sometimes you don't need to be too clever. Yeah, yeah? exactly, exactly. Yeah. You, hear, you hear all the top managers saying, I'm bored or I'm playing boring. That's what they mean. They're picking players that everybody is thinking about picking. And, and, and the, the, the good ones, the really good ones, are the ones that jump ahead of the curve or see something that not many people see and then you get that, that extra yeah, before I'm they get them. I, I'm blushing here, Maris, because you're talking about me like that. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tofik El-Sharif. <laughs> uh, Maris, I give this one to you because he addressed it to you. Um, hi, Maris. For Game Week 14, which combination is best to have? Rashford and Robertson or Salah and Mousset? Assuming Salah is fit. Let me just apologise for... For butchering his name, Tofi. Don't worry about Don. You know, I'll 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 teach him another time. But no, I'm joking. I can't really talk about names. Um, <laughs> look for me. If I'm thinking about the combo right now, it will have to be Robertson and Rashford. Um, just because I think, again, talking about form, talking about injuries, etc. Now this is with Robert. Assuming Robertson will be fit, I'm not really sure uh, on Salah at the moment. So I, it will have to be Robertson and Rashford. To give you a straight answer, because I think Robertson gives you the cover of, Liverpool, of the Liverpool um, clean sheets, uh, hopefully, to come, and uh, the, the attacking potential. I think Rashford is a playing in a team right now that seem the, the thing with United is they're going to blow hot and cold, and I think they have a difficult game against Sheffield, then they have Sheffield United, then they have a few nice games, and then they have a couple of big games, but I think sometimes Rashford delivers in those, will deliver in those games, you know? So they, they, I think they've got... Um, City and Chelsea, and I think, and or, or not Arsenal and City maybe, and then the defense of those teams are not great. And Rashford lost playing against Arsenal, so I do like that combo over what was it? Salah and who I, I remember, I, I've seen it. Muset, yes. So Muset is is a good option, but would you rely? I think those two would get you more points than Salah and Muset. Yeah, I agree, and uh, definitely safer probably to uh, to start too. Because uh, Salah, Sally, I'd have a little bit of doubt about his um, fitness coming into this game week. Uh, Cruise Control was asking uh, Kylie, is it worth owning some Arsenal players such as Tierney and Bellerin and Laka as Maverick differentials in the coming weeks to break the template? I know Mars did mention Arsenal earlier on as one of those kind of options maybe to to live a little bit dangerously and uh, try to move up a little bit fast up those rankings so um, they've good fixtures and potential but woeful form so what's your answer to Cruz? In theory yes I would agree with um, with Maz on this one that I think Arsenal do still represent an opportunity as somewhat differentials to give you something a little bit different um, if they can get their attacking flow to sort of happen and start creating more chances, um, I would err on the side of Lacazette 
of those options simply because I'm never comfortable with Arsenal's defence. And regardless of the fact that they have a history of creative uh, defenders and fullbacks, I just, I, you just can't trust them defensively and it, it just leads to heartache. So I think I'd want to see more or something from them to give me reason to jump ahead on those. I do think that Lacazette is a tempting option. I can't remember the details exactly, but someone had posted on Twitter that I think it was like in the last four games or something um, that Aubameyang had had like three shots and uh, Lacazette had had like 11 or something. I'm probably woefully mixing up those um, those stats, but it, it was quite, there was a significant disparity between the two, I guess is what I would say. Um, I've had success. I have a soft spot for Lacazette because I've had some success with him in the past, even with the minutes being somewhat of an issue because he does tend to come off early. Uh, he has on occasion been benched, all of these things, but he's still always been a fairly consistent performer um, and he is that bit cheaper than Aubameyang. So I can definitely see the temptation to take a punt on him as something different. It's, it's very hard to see, though, one thing about Arsenal, um, Lacazette or any, or even Aubameyang, it's very hard to see where you'd fit them in. Well, you know, we're talking about yeah. uh, Jimenez yeah. or even Abraham's ownership and Vardy and so on. It's very hard to see how you're going to afford to take that punt on an Arsenal forward. Um, I saw yeah, our friend we... uh, Fantasy Yerma actually went for a punt on his old uh, Ozil buddy <laughs> for yeah. last, last game. Well. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I... it's... It is one of those ones. Never really works out. I think out. you've just hit the nail on the head there because historically we have had um, midfield options. You know, there was Ramsey, there was Ozil. You know, at a time, Mkhitaryan, never for very long, admittedly. But uh, Pepe is just not an option um, at, at the moment. And so it ideally, given that we have strong options up front, it would be so much more preferable to have a midfield option that we could slot in there as that punt, as an alternative to either Aubameyang or Lacazette. But unfortunately, we we just really aren't. It's very hard to see that at the moment. So you would definitely be... Uh... I think, uh, look, look with Arsenal, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Don. They have the fixtures, but an awful form. I think the club is in turmoil, and I won't be surprised if he's the next to go after after Poch. Now, if you are in the millions and, you know, losing the will to live with, with FBL, absolutely take a gamble because they have some good fixtures. I'm not saying triple up, but go for one of their players. I like Bellerin as an attacking option. There's a lot better. But if you want to be different, if you want to climb the ranks, yeah. you need to have one or two players that are different, not owned by many people. That's the only way you're going you're gonna to climb up. To keep the spine of the mostly owned players because they are normally the best players. That's why they're mostly owned but have a, maybe one or two differentials to help you climb up. That's what I would say. Cool. Yeah. Um, FBL King at the, F, the Fantasy King. Sorry, apologies for butchering that handle there. Uh, patience with Salah. He's Irish as well. I mean, how... No, no, sure. I know, I know King. Sure, I interact <laughs> with him all the time. I just have um, I, I just have a bit of a problem with my reading tonight, Mercy. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, patience with Salah. So um, I'll give this one to you, Mers. Uh, Mane flying at the minute and probably the obvious answer, but he's hanging on to Salah for that reason. 
um i guess it's one of those uh, stubborn things that when you do go for one it is kind of hard to just move off and do a lateral move to someone else uh good strategy or should i move him on for manny um now marzi for the sake of answering this question you can just assume that salah is going to be fit um and ready to go for the coming game week but um I know we've talked a bit about this before, but um, what's your thinking after another game week of seeing Mane playing? I think, look, if, if we're saying both are fit, still, my answer will still be the same. I made the move, and I love Salah. Um, but I made the move, because I, it, for me, you can see the difference just in the form. Uh, Mane is red hot at the moment, and his ownership actually has surpassed Salah's right now. So if you're hoping Salah's a differential, absolutely. If he's fit and firing, call. but you know, you're saying he might be fit for one game week. But, you know, ankle is one of the worst injuries to have. And for a player like him, who likes to take on players and do sudden movements, it could easily give. So it's, I don't want that headache. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. But as an FPL manager, I don't want that headache. I, don't, I want my big assets to play 99% of the time. Therefore, I would go with Mane. I would completely agree with you there, Mars. In, indeed, I have over five million in my bank at the moment, and the loose plan there was that I'd have a way to bring in Salah in addition to Mane, who I already own, as somewhat of a sneaky differential. But I really don't think that that's an option at the moment because of the not just the injury concerns. Initially, I was going to sort of observe the situation because he wasn't really in form and having watched him, I was somewhat unconvinced. But now with this continuing injury cloud as well, compounding matters, um, I don't think that, I definitely don't think he's a buy at the moment. Um, but I would, if I didn't have Mane, I would, I would be looking to move. It's probably not a bad excuse to this week to move off with the injury concern. It's not a not a bad excuse to yeah. move off him. Uh, Gareth Marshall, uh, Marzi was asking. That's FBL Brit. Um, is Muzet of Sheffield United? That's his second mention tonight on the pod. A nice punt from game week fourteen. He owns Verdi, Abraham, and Jimenez. So is he worth a look in? Who sh- if he gets a, if he's worth a look in, who should get the chop uh, for uh, for Gareth? Well, I would say if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Unless you try, so like I talked earlier, I was saying that I want to bring Sterling in at some stage. I think I can see me doing it. So the one way of doing it is uh, moving KDB out, one of, the, one of the strikers, and bringing Sterling in. So it's only, I would say, if you want to do that, then fair enough. Now, Musset has, you know, he's playing an attacking a team that is playing well attackingly, but I look at his minutes, and only in the last game did he play the full, the full game. He, he comes on and off. Yeah, he got three assists, but they were in one game. He got a few goals. Is he a viable option? Is he going to always get you points? I don't think so, but at his price, it depends what you're expecting of him. Are you switching formations? Are you going 3-5-2 and he's going to be your first sub, comes in sometimes, or 4-4-2 or whatever? If you think he's going to be your third forward, I'm not sure unless he's enabling you to bring in really, really big players. I wouldn't be dropping any of the front, the, the, the big names not right now that we mentioned, Vardy, Abraham, Jimenez, for him right now. Yeah, and uh, the thing with the punt too is you kind of want to be punting on a player that you are planning on starting because if you're just going for somebody that's a bit kind of out there, there's not much point in sticking them on your bench if you really like their fixtures. Exactly. Um, Com- yeah. Compare him to Connolly, right? And Don, I'll, I'll bring this to you because you brought Connolly in, right? I think Connolly and Mousset, for me, are very similar. Two players that were not starting but suddenly started some games, got some goals. People got Connolly in and I think they've got stuck at the moment. He's not playing. 
I don't know. I, I didn't bring him in, but is he playing much? But he's definitely not returning. No, he no, he's, good. he's he's not returning, but he's 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 kind he of one playing. of those. He's playing, but he's he came off I think after sixty minutes or something the last day. But I think the thing with Connolly, he's kind of ideal bench fodder. He's the kind of player who he will play most minutes. I'd say you know he'll play most games, but um and and if he does come on, he's liable to score. That's what I like to have in my bench forward though. If I'm only playing two up top, I don't really want to have a player that's giving me selection headaches. It's bad enough at the moment with um defensively to kind of have. A little bit of a rotation there, so I'm happy with him um, there for now. And the, the liable move for me with Connolly wouldn't be to someone like Mousset. It'd be say if Salah was out, would be to bring in say Divock instead of him, um, and actually play him um, if if Salah was out for any kind of period of you time. You love your son, don't you? I do he like my boy. Him. I do love my boy. <laughs> um, FBL Puck Andy was asking, is it time to dismount? Unpopular player, we're keeping our eye on. Um, I think we did cover off um, Mount a good bit earlier on. Kylie kind of covered off his um, his his stats. He's definitely um, he's definitely on the way down, Kay, isn't he? Um, in terms of Pulisic, um, yeah. you know, is he is he worrying you first of all in terms of his statistical output? I know he hasn't been returning goals, but what does his stats look like? Um, okay, well, I had a look at him the last four compared to the previous four matches before that. So that was game weeks five to eight um, and then nine to 12. Um, so his penalty area touches have halved. Uh, that's one thing. It, interestingly, though, his attempts are up. So 3.2 in the last four weeks versus 1.5 before then. But the key difference there is that his accuracy was a lot higher, well, not a lot higher, but it was certainly higher um, in the previous period where he was kind of proving a little bit more lucrative. Um, His chance creation stats have also dropped. So there's no question that in the period in which Pulisic has really flourished, we have seen diminished output from Mount. Now, in watching not the last match, but certainly the one before that. I can't remember who they were playing, but um, he actually he came away with one point because he got a yellow card, but he actually looked really good. He hit the post. He did have chances. So I do, it's not completely clear cut, but I just think that while he has been a really good option for quite some time, I've made money on him, but there's I wouldn't feel compelled to hold him simply because I have value tied up in him. I think there is not a substantial leap between the price that you would sell Mount at and what you can buy Pulisic at. I think it's, you know, for most people, it's probably about a million maybe. That's not a huge leap for what is a massive difference in output at the moment. And everything supports that Pulisic is a better option. I don't think it's a sideways move. I think it's an upgrade based on what I'm currently seeing. So I think if you have the option to bring in someone like Pulisic, then, yeah, I would be looking to move off Mount. But I wouldn't call it like a critically urgent move. I don't think Mount is suddenly a disaster. I just think that the the shine has come off a bit and there are some more enticing options out there. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, because I know players at his value sometimes it, it it is very tempting to move off, and I know that he might well return for the rest of the season, even if he doesn't continue the form he started it off with. He could well return, um, yeah. and provide good value on what you're you know what you have invested in him. 
but um but yeah it is always nice to move away to that shiny new toy and um have you any kind of ideas he's asking for an unpopular player you're keeping your eye on um we mentioned Traore earlier on from Wolves he probably a suggestion of mine but other than Pulisic is there any kind of player of around about his price say that you didn't have a million in the bank um that you would suggest people to move off to Oh god um around that price oh I think it's a little bit like uninspired there's one, there's one actually yeah, that is is uh, Perez, which I saw when I was looking yeah. up the, for this. Now that's now, an that, unpopular player. That, yeah, that could be a bit of a feeling sick in the mouth uh, one if you did move <laughs> off to him. And Mount started back performing again and all of a sudden Perez of old oh, yeah. appears. But, um, but uh, have you any names for me other than Perez? <laughs> God, I think Perez fits the description there perfectly. Um, I can just imagine the horror. Um I think it's a hard kind of price point if you don't have the money to to go up to say a Pulisic or a, a Madison. Um, maybe Tielemans. He's not an, he he's not an unpopular choice. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just go with Perez. Will be. I mean, he is the most unpopular. With, he's the most yeah. unpopular player. I mean, he, he <laughs> is fairly he, unpopular. He, yeah. I I think if you're gonna come down. I don't. I don't know if he's unpopular, but I'll, I'll come back to Torore. I, I think, think he's, he's a good option. He's improved yeah. so much. His output has improved. He's assisting. He's he scoring. has output now. Yeah, he does exactly. Although he's he's a slight injury worry, but I just think with with their run of fixture, especially if you don't have him in as any other cover or you need a fifth midfielder. Another one. I listen. If you look at Brighton, um, they've got a, t- a couple of tough games, and one of the names that I was really thinking about, and then I decided not to, and I'm glad I didn't. It was Trossard, but yeah. I think one of Trossard or Gross for Brighton, once their fixtures turn, which is in a couple of game weeks, could be could be a nice differential. They on set pieces, they get the goals, they good, you know, they're playing for a, a team that wants to attack. And coming up with good fixtures. So it's the minutes thing with them. It's it is. Which one do you it go is. for? It's, it's a gamble. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Agree. But I would agree, you know, if you could sort of settle on either of them, really, it would be yeah. ideal if, exactly. if they got sort of more minutes than the other because they're both actually very good options. I think, look, we, we just need to realise that sometimes you're going to pick a differential and you need, yeah. you need a strong bench or a bench that plays because if they don't play... With the with the cheap defenders that are playing and returning, you you are allowed a maverick move that might pay off, and if it doesn't, you have a bench that covers it. it I think the season, problem with yeah the problem with those is that you know they're coming off the bench for each other, so you know it's that dreaded fear of the the one point um, bench cameo, particularly where and this has hurt so many people this season um, yep. when there are lots of points happening on the bench. Yes, uh, but I mean, Trossard came off and scored, but also, for me, the worry in the True. back of my head, the reason I didn't go with him is he's so injury-prone, and yeah. that worries me. I don't want somebody like that over Christmas, which is probably why I would tell Martial, you know, once we get into the thick and uh, you know, yeah, he it. won't last. No, no, he would be one that goes, maybe to Pulisic or something like that, because you just don't, you want players that you know are going to give 100% and play in every game. You know the Kane. That's why people love Kane over Christmas. He'll always play, no matter what. Yeah. He'll play. Yeah, Jose will definitely pick him every week. Uh, Shashank Patal um, at FBL underscore JRF was asking about a suitable McGinn replacement uh, from now until game week 17 for around about that 6.5. Now, we did cover off a good lot of them in our discussion on Mount. 
So um, Shashank, you can refer to that one. Um, maybe likely Villa assets. Uh, Marzi, likely Villa assets when their fixtures turn for the better from game week 18 to 22? Well, McGinn. <laughs> so you, you either keep him or bring him back. Greenish, yeah. I think, is a good differential. I'm looking at the defenders. So at the moment, I have Louise, who's their midfielder, but he's my fifth def- my fifth midfielder. He plays every game. He has a screamer in him once in a while. He's my Ndidi of this season, basically. But I'm looking... Now that, you know, I said I'm, I'm selling Soy to, to bring in Casper, who's another unpopular choice that I believe is actually not that bad to cover their clean sheets, by the way, but he's not midfielder. I like so that, I Yeah, I, I just can't be dealing with the headache, uh, Kylie. I just can't... I, I, I can't I have hear you. points on the bench. <laughs> <That's my headache. laughs> Three weeks of soy sauce on the bench is just... It's the stuff of yeah. heartbreak. I can't deal with it anymore. I'm emotionally yeah. very fragile about this subject. <laughs> exactly. Um so I'm looking at Villa defenders because um, if you look at 17-18, which is when Liverpool are going to blank, and especially if you have three Liverpool players, they have two nice home, I think Southampton or Norwich. So they have two good games, uh, home games, I believe, or maybe one away easy one, I'm not 100% sure, but two good games. And that's why I'm thinking I will bring in a Villa defender. He'll be my fourth, my, my second or third sub, and uh, they will play in that, in that period. And then get rid later if I need to. When I downgrade, when I downgrade Casper back maybe to to Henderson, who's the other choice for keepers for me, and then I'll put money back into into defence or somewhere else. So that's that's my plan anyway. Um, I, just looping back to Grealish, I would say just based on a, a few weeks ago, um, and I think it was the week when we had Ryan on the pod, and I had done some analysis of Grealish's performances. Based on his new, on his move, um, into the front three. And there was a huge difference in his form playing in that position. There was also a, a sort of, you know, pr- perhaps not enough data to make a full assessment there, but a seeming knock on effect with the output from McGinn as a result. So if that trend continues, it is probably Grealish that I would recommend looking at. Um, and there is not much difference in the price between the two of them as it stands. So uh, I, I think he's he's probably the one, or or maybe a defender because the, the defense isn't you know isn't woeful. No, yeah. um, I, no, I love I love Mings. I have to say I've had Mings yeah. for yeah, a few Mings weeks. Mings for yeah, while. and Mings has an attacking threat as well. You know, yeah. I mean, again, they won't play for me and, and apart from game week eighteen because but ideal for the Liverpool. bench. Yeah. Absolutely, because they can step in if somebody somebody doesn't play. Um, yeah. the, the the only thing for me, the only thing that tips McGinn over Grealish, and I like both, and I really like Grealish as a player, is again the selfish streak of McGinn. He loves to shoot from everywhere, and sometimes these go in out of nowhere. It's it, it, very similar to Pulisic, but maybe Pulisic is much better at it and much better uh, end product. But McGinn just loves to shoot, and he it's seems to be on a lot of set pieces. Yeah, but the thing about it is when I mean, because bear in mind Grealish with injury and, and all of this sort of jazz. So we, we haven't really had um, as much time to see it as we sort of did before. But in those sort of three games or whatever it was, um, the involvement and attempts from McGinn plummeted and everything about Grealish was just a million miles better. More attempts, more attempts on target, more creative, just generally more involved. So... I think it's maybe ideal that there's, a, you know, a few weeks 
to go where this can kind of be looked at a little bit more closely because I, I couldn't say definitively, but it would be very interesting to have a look and see if Grealish does continue to perform that way and if it does have a knock-on effect in terms of McGinn and McGinn's output because we certainly know that before this positional change for Grealish, there was absolutely no question that it was all about McGinn. And McGinn, I think, is still a really good option, but because the price it's it's negligible, and if you I, I would say move from McGinn to Grealish, but if you didn't have either, and you were looking to invest for these couple of fixtures, then it could be worth going Grealish instead. Yeah, and, and it's also sa- more of a differential. It's Southampton and Norwich at home, and then Watford mm. away. Those are the three fixtures that we yeah. that <clears throat> giving you a bit of uh, like oh, hmm. is this a potential there? Yeah, a little spell. Those two are <laughs> lovely. Um, Michael at FBL Hoosier was asking, um, and Kylie, I'll come to you on this one. Um, is Pope to Ryan a good game, goalkeeper transfer for gaming 15 onwards? Um, also asking about Mount, which we did mention and we talked on that one a good bit up top. And also, is Virgil van Dijk a viable option for a Liverpool double up? So a two-part there for you from Michael, Kylie. Well, I think Ryan has certainly performed really well. Um, Pope has been quite disappointing, more so in terms of his saves, not necessarily the clean sheets because, you know, we know that they're not going to get clean sheets every week, but his his saves have definitely dropped compared to previous seasons. And obviously we've got a little bit of warm fuzzy coming off the back of a, a nice nine-pointer from him last week. But I certainly wish that I had made the decision to move to Ryan from Pope on my wild card, and I didn't. Um, Ryan or Henderson? Uh, Henderson is probably, you know, the one that I would be thinking about personally once this United match is out of the way. They've got a great run of fixtures. 100%, I, yeah. I wouldn't balk at all at a double up on Sheffield United because they are punching way above their value in terms of their ability to keep clean sheets. So he's actually the one of the three that I would prefer, personally. Um, and a Virgil van Dijk question as well then, Kay? Yeah, n- not for me. So I think Liverpool still aren't keeping the clean sheets that, that we want to see. Virgil will score a, a couple more goals this season, I believe. Um, but pinpointing when those are is, is just a, a real challenge. And I think that if you're going to spend, given the value that there is in defence at the moment, if you're going to actually plumb for someone that is above that $6 mark, you may as well just go full hog and just go up to Trent and Robbo. So if I was going to do the double Liverpool defence, I would only be doing it with that combination. I wouldn't be looking at um, Van Dijk personally. If they suddenly absolutely tightened up um, in defence, and he's a much cheaper option, still very premium, obviously, but there, there's a reasonable gap forming in terms of price now, then, yeah, sure, I would consider him. But I think that the the extra outlay to get in a, a Robbo to complement your Trent is just it's, – it's money well spent at this point. Otherwise, I'd rather just have Soyonshu and, and the rest of them. Yeah. No, I completely, completely agree, Kylie. The, the the one thing for me is, I, I know we keep talking about injuries. If Robertson is out and you want to double up, then Van Dyke is the one nailed on. For sure, you don't go anywhere yeah, else true. alongside the, uh, Trent. However, I would argue if he's out, 
whatever with 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 what you just said about our defense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, there's so much value in defense yeah. that, to be honest, if I didn't, I, like you said, I, when I decided to double up, I only was going to go with those two. And if I didn't, it wouldn't have been a double up because there's so much. You can save so much money and spend it everywhere yeah. else. With Tomori, you know, there's, oh, there's players, players playing for. You know, I sold Tomori, and again, it was because of the headache. And also, maybe I just thought Chelsea are not as strong. But then, they, you know, they they still keeping some clean sheets. They are priced. They, these are players that are priced at really um, budget price playing for teams in the top six. It's a no-brainer sometimes. We overthink yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, the let me see. What is our, our last question is our random question from Jeff at FBL Thunder. Um, what is considered really cool at the moment but in 10 years' time would be more of a guilty pleasure? Um, I'll give my answer first on this because before either of you say it, but uh, five at the back. That's um, that's my answer on that one. And uh, Marzi, <coughs> g- give me your. Um, you're really cool, like so. You'll know what's in at the moment, anyway. And uh, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell you, I tell you what would be uh, like a uh, uh, guilt, whatever it is in ten years' time. It's a uh, uh, grown men and women uh, sitting on their computer screens picking random 11 players and ho- and cheering them on even though sometimes they score against their own players to get some points that they can't control and maybe that is a bit of a, I think I think fantasy football is a bit of a guilty pleasure already actually to be honest with you uh, when you say someone growing. who's growing. not into it think you're crazy though uh, the number exactly. of people I say yeah no I'm, yeah. I'm actually on an FBL podcast and they look at me like I'm some sort of weirdo. You think that's bad? What about me? Right? I still have friends back home who are like, in what scenario are you? Of all? Because I was, I pretty much could have been voted least likely person to ever have an interest in football. So they still struggle to understand how I'm so obsessed how, how with these animals here. on a podcast. Yeah. I, I, really uh, need to know, I really need to know how this happened, Kylie, because my wife has no interest whatsoever. And we did I not tell you? you? I'm sure I would have told you the story. Uh, you, did, you, did, you, you did, you did, and on your uh, getting to know you, actually. That's my nice yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah would, you guys, would you guys share in the same birthday? Maybe there's similarities that I need to really work on there. Like, really work um, on I really need to understand how... Yes. Actually, no, to be honest, I don't care. It's my thing, so I'm you, happy. You need, you, need to send her, is... you need a sender to live in another country, Maris, for a while and have Sorry. to make friends you know over here. Like, <laughs> I have... I have like a genuine illness when it comes to being competitive competitive no 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 put it this way genetically right my whole family are really like into sports team sports and and everything you know my mom and my sister they have all these trophies for everything the only trophy i ever got in my life was when i was in primary school and i got most improved trophy for netball and that was only a (laughs) trophy because i was so bad so absolutely, bring, I used to run away from Did you from bring the ball. that over to Ireland, which is your packet, when you were coming Shockingly, over? Shockingly, I didn't. Right? <laughs> I, I was into arts and all of this sort of stuff, so I was not a, a sporty child. Uh, I have so, to get you. I have to get your answer, Mar- or Kylie. By the way, don't forget to give me your um your. I, really I will give you my answer, yeah. but I guess the the point is, I still had that like pure competitive nature, but I just funneled it into like board games. So, like, I was really scary with Monopoly, for instance. So, you know, it was a game, and Paul was just really obnoxious when he'd won. So I was like, mm, you know, they all just kept saying, oh, well, she doesn't know anything about football. She can't win. So, well, I obviously had to destroy them. There was nothing else for it. It was just for my peace of mind. 
So the football insurance <laughs> football came up. Destroy them. The choice of words. <laughs> well, I, I think that's literally that's the most comment from the guy who mentioned penetration earlier on in the podcast. I don't think <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can really talk about choice of words, Mercy. Uh, Kylie, give me your uh, give me your really cool moment, but in 10 years uh, will be a guilty pleasure. I was going to say, like, gifts and memes, right? Think about it this way. We're all so obsessed with them. I like, I live for finding the perfect gift. Okay. It's amazing. You know, you just find one and it just absolutely captures the moment. And I could just like communicate fully in this form. But in 10 years time, are we going to look at this and we'll be like, what kind of freaks are we sitting there sending little clips to each other thinking we're the funniest things on the planet? The new LOL. It's the new LOL, LMAO, all of this sort of stuff. Oh my God. It's so the new that. <laughs> Don, yeah. do you know what K- KMT stands for? KMT. Is that a bank? OMG. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's kiss um, my teeth. It's kiss my teeth. For real. <laughs> for real. For real, bro. <laughs> you know when oh. somebody goes, say what? <laughs> really? Yes, kiss that's my teeth. Cra- that's crazy. <laughs> um, so you learn something new every day. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you learn something every week on the Three Amigos. You're yeah, welcome. How, how, about our listeners, how about our listeners learn a little bit about what our captain picks are going to be for the coming game week? Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's kick on with that. Um, FBL addict uh, FIFA Walled was actually talking about um, one of his listener questions was Ed Richarlison was planning on captaining him this week versus Norwich, but he's beginning to fear that a little bit. So now he's um, trying to decide between Sterling and Richarlison. Um, he's avoiding Vardy versus Brighton because he thinks it will be tougher than people might think. Um, but uh, how about you yourself, Kylie? Come to you first. Um, what's going to be your captain pick for the coming game week? And maybe give us your rationale why. I do think that this is a week that's maybe not fully obvious uh, in, in terms of the choice. Um, it's probably between Vardy and uh, Mane for me. And I think uh, while I understand the concerns that he sort of raised about um, about Brighton, maybe presenting somewhat of a challenge, I still think that uh, Leicester are full of confidence and they're in blistering form. Uh, Vardy doesn't care whether he's home or away when he scores. And so I think that I might just stick it on Vardy and not overcomplicate things. And uh, how about yourself, Mersey? Yeah, I completely agree, actually, to be honest. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Well, it is a tough week, but for me, I've always had it on Vardy. Look, he's playing a team that is losing, that lost their best defender because he's suspended, Dunk. Yeah, that's a big point, actually. I forgot about that as well. It's all right. I'm, I'm there to cover you, Carly. It's all yeah, good. That, nice that's how team works. <laughs> <laughs> Webster, my worst ever transfer in. Oh, yeah. Actually, the rationale was right because they kept the clean sheets, but he just did they scored an own goal and went off after 30 minutes in the second game. Yeah. He's injured. So <laughs> those, are two very unfortunate. those are two defenders. And you're playing against a team that loves to attack and play attack in football. So he's going to be on the counter. That I might be... I'm not going to overthink it because I think the other options that I have, for example, I, I would love to, to captain Mane, but I think Palace will be tighter, naturally, than Brighton. Um, just Palace are, are a better defensive unit, maybe, you can argue. Um, I think if I had Aguero, it would be on him. And one of the reasons and one of the biggest debates you guys would know, because I had two teams, one with Aguero, one without. I think uh, Aguero at home against the big teams will always deliver for, 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 for City. 
Um, got a hat trick last time at home to absolutely Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, and t- you know, I, I've said I, I think Chelsea are doing well, but their their weak point is it, the defense is that I mean Zuma and Tomori. As much as I like them, I mean really Aguero should have Zuma on toast if he's if he's on fire. It's, it's just if he plays or not, and that's why the headache that I couldn't deal with it, and also just spreading the money. Uh, but just to answer while it's because. Um, you know, he's saying Vardy's a difficult one. I think Richarlison is a great differential punt, by the way. And I really, I, and I think I told you guys, I was thinking about bringing him in one week yeah. in for, for Martial. I'd do then, it over Sterling this week. If I was going to take a punt, I think that's a worthy one. Richard, absolutely. Because you need to, we said target the teams that you know are shipping goals. And there's no more, no more no, than no, no disrespect. There you go. It's the first time this season we've said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've know? been candidates for a while. It was always I'm, coming. And not Everton are very frustrating, but Richardson at home loves a goal. He's he's on he's in form, and I'm you know the only reason I'm not doing it is because I do want to to try. I want I have my plan. You know that I just talked about with Casper. So I need two transfers. I might still decide to do it and just say forget the keeper. I'll do it later. Move you know move the keepers around later. Whatever. But um, I think Charleston is a good option if, if, if I did have him. What about you, Don? It's, it's a tricky one this week. I, I do like these game weeks where there's big teams up against each other, like the City-Chelsea game, because it does tend to kind of spread the captain picks around a little bit and make us think a little bit outside the box. Um, I think Palace away is a, it's probably an easier fixture than it looks, as much as those Liverpool fans don't like to admit that, because... Well, Palace have been decent this season. I think Liverpool will definitely get cho- um, chances against them. I'm actually thinking I might take a complete punt on um, on putting the captaincy on Trent um, this game week because I've seen a few people say that. I know you. I know you're not a lot on Twitter over the international break, but it's the no. big topic. It's one of those it's, big topics yeah. at the moment. Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's people trending. Want to captain Trent, <laughs> and then you've got other people saying, "Yeah, whatever." You're just saying that well, I can't see you doing it. So. Okay, so they're so they're trying to challenge us to see if we're going to stick with it. But um, no, I I think it's um it is I don't own Vardy, so that decision isn't isn't there. But um as you said, Mars, I think Aguero, if you had him, um I think there will be goals in that uh, in that City Chelsea game because I don't think either of them are that strong defensively. Um, no, absolutely City not. at home, Sterling. Um, I would love to if you had a captaincy on Sterling. A lot of people moving away from him and kind of uh and talking them down, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look past maybe the city options if you do have, if you do have those players still there. But um, you know what? Never. Yeah, I, at the, I'm going to change over my team right now to um to Trent being um being my captain oh. pick, and and we'll see. Will I stick with it for um after half eleven? Uh, last, interesting. Last time, sorry, go ahead. No. Interest. You know, interestingly, the first game is actually the game week is West Ham against Spurs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if there is anyone in the dugout. Or will it be a bit of an emergency uh, situation there yeah. for them in that uh, in our first game? Go on, Mersey. Just, just I wanted to say, last time City played Chelsea it was six 0 That Chelsea yeah. and uh, for City uh, at home. And also, uh, if you look at the games they played against the bigger teams, so they they lost to Liverpool. They got they they got hammered by United. I know it was the beginning of the season. What I'm saying is, yes, Chelsea are doing really well, and I'm admiring what Lampard is doing. But I don't think they suddenly that that you know you could see a retaliation from City and then we suddenly see ah oh, crap we need to bring their players back in. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think um, I do agree with you. I, I agree with you that this, this 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 those big games sometimes they can be tight, but 
win this one. I, think, I don't I think, think it will be. I think there's some good goals, yeah, for Both sure. teams can't, uh, especially, well, City can't defend either. So, I mean, I think Tammy would be a ris- even riskier captain than any of the ones that we just called. But would I wouldn't call anybody crazy if they captain him, just because the way City are defending. And, um, and yeah, and one thing to actually remember is um, Lampard did take a lot of heat when he went to Old Trafford um, a while back and they conceded like he was a little bit kind of maybe naive in the way he set up against United. And potentially, I mean, you don't want to be naive in the way you set up against Man City. If he decides to try to take Man City on, um, it could actually be a high enough scoring game for City assets. I mean, the, the Chelsea defence hasn't been that great. And this is one of those things with a new manager coming up against Pep Guardiola. You don't really get much of a harder challenge than that. Um, so I'd love a draw and a few red cards done. <laughs> wouldn't be too bad wouldn't be too bad um, so um, folks I think that's all we got time for on tonight's show um, I just have one little message um, our, a note of our sincere condolences um, FD, FPL Crypto Cahill um, brought us sad news regarding a member of the FPL community who passed away this week uh, Dylan Fraser. apparently he was um, unfortunately shot on his way to work in Trinidad and Tobago he was a follower of the podcast and a listener to the podcast um, so thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family um, or IP Dylan underscore DS. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFBL. Myself, you can find at The Marble Curse. And of course, follow our, game, our group account at 3AmigosFBL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Good luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother